So there's more hopes of pivots as the Bank of Canada surprises with a smaller rate hike this morning. So does that mean the Fed is going to follow suit and follow Canada? Isn't it supposed to work the other way around? Isn't it the tail and the dog and all that? But the ECB won't pivot and neither will the RBA, not after those inflation numbers yesterday. So it's not a pivot that's global, not yet anyway, but then the Bank of Canada went early. So maybe it's a sign that monetary policy does work eventually, even in the weird global circumstances we find ourselves in. Fancy that. It's Thursday, the 27th of October, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, not the same exuberance that we've been seeing lately in equity markets. The Dow is flat. The S&P 500 is down about 0.7%. Uh, the Nasdaq closed down 2%. Energy and healthcare are doing okay, but big, big falls in IT and communication services. The US dollar down quite a bit further today, losing more than 1% on the DXY, down below 110 on the DXY index. It was up over 114 a month ago. Uh, this is seeing the Aussie getting a bit of a boost today, up 1.4%, over 64.80 US cents. The uh, the pound also doing well. The Rishi honeymoon, perhaps, it's up 1.1%, but the euro is also up 1%. So the uh, the new Prime Minister of Britain can't take much credit for that. Bond yields are down. 10-year Treasury is losing nine basis points. More in Canada. We'll come to why that is in just a moment. Down six basis points for 10-year bond yields in Germany. The UK 10-year gilts down another five basis points. Uh, we've got a similar fall, five or six points across uh, most of Europe. Aussie 10 years were down 16 basis points yesterday to 391 No big moves on futures since then. And oil is rising. WTI is up 3%. Brent up 2.25%, up uh, over uh, 95.60 a barrel now. And it's David DeGaris who joins us this morning from NAB in London. Let me use a word, Dave, a word that's not been used a great deal lately. Dovish. Uh, maybe that's a bit, you know. Do you remember that? Uh, maybe we can't really apply it to the Bank of Canada because uh, it's not quite mm. dovish, is it? But a little, a little less hawkish, perhaps. I mean, yes. the expectation was that they would hike by seventy-five basis points, but they've surprised everyone coming in with just a fifty basis point hike. So, with the, presumably, they they are worried about the slowdown in the economy, and they don't think they need to go as hard. Is well, that I it? think I think Phil that everyone expected this meeting to be a non-event as far as the market was mm. concerned. Right. Um, that's the way the mar- that's the way the market was priced. In fact, checked afterwards, economists who send it, uh, who, who follow the Bank of Canada closely were more split on whether it'd be seventy five or fifty. But uh, as soon as the announcement came that they were hiking by fifty and not seventy five, everyone's yelling out behind me, "Pivot! Pivot! Pivot! Here we come!" So. <laughs> So what you're saying is we should listen to economists more. Is that what? Is this a? It's it's a it's a desperate well, plea that we should. Well, listen these to were my desk colleagues who who are not <laughs> not economists who are economists. probably yeah. smarter yeah. at reading the market than uh, than people like me. But so um, is but but is that a re- overreaction? I mean, we saw well, we saw ten year yields falling nineteen basis points on the news. So there was there was quite a reaction. But I mean, it's I mean the expectation now is everyone's going to say, well, if they've done it, everyone else is going to do it. So the Fed's going to do it, and the Bank of England is going to do it, and. Indeed, indeed. And of course, we know that Canada is tied very closely to the United States. There's probably more, Mm. you know, the the flow to Canada than the other way around. But maybe it is also telling me something about the state of demand in in the United States. But uh, Governor Macklem from the Bank of Canada didn't sort of hose down pivot talk at all, really. I mean, he's talking about you know, they'd, met, they'd gone from, what, 100 in the meeting before last to 75. What did he call them? Very big steps. And now to mm. a big step this time. 
and uh, the developments would determine whether it would be another big step or a more normal uh, hike. They did; ex- they do expect more hikes, but saying that they have made progress towards you know the completing the tightening cycle, but they don't believe they're there yet. But you just get the impression that um, they're eighty to ninety percent along that road. So I'm not surprised at all, given all that, Phil, that. Um, you know, the short end of the Canadian uh, interest rate curve rallied as much as it was. It sort of took over 25 basis points off that curve, yeah. which is which is a big move. But it does sort of make perfect sense, doesn't it? It's very easy to rationalise it now we know what's happened. But, mm, but I mean, the, the, the idea that things have softened, you know, markets are, you know, data is softening. Uh, it would be a danger, wouldn't it, to keep on pushing h- higher and higher and you'd have indeed. to cool it a bit while you just let the data catch up and find out what's really happening in the economy. Well, indeed, you know, he, he noted the slowdown in the housing sector in Canada and also that business mm. and consumer spending had softened. So it suggests it's more than just a, a housing story, Phil, which obviously feels yeah. the effects pretty quickly from these rate rises. Yeah, we saw that in the States, didn't we? Although, you know, the fall in uh, in new housing, uh, we've seen it uh, falling in terms of price, but new home sales, well, they fell 10.9% in September. Mm. But that's actually less than expected. So 600,000. Uh, so it was... Uh, actually, they sold more in uh, June or July. I mean, it's not it's not a disaster, is it? I mean, no. it's... it's, it's um, Look at where they've been. Mortgage applications are down, but building yes. permits for September actually at 1.4%. So yes. it's a real mixed picture over there. It, it, it is. I think we'd probably tend to trust the, the, the week-by-week mortgage financing figures more than the monthly sales mm. and activity figures, which can be revised quite a lot. And the mortgage finance figures suggest there's more downside on, on the housing activity and sales side to come. But... Um, yeah. Nevertheless, you know, as you said, it, 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 it's not at a high level right now and maybe it's, it's overstating the level somewhat. So equity markets really acting independently, aren't they, at the moment, you know, away from or, or maybe they're starting to get a, a, a bit more. I mean, we've had the crazy situation, haven't we, where we've seen yes. uh, bonds going bonds going up and, and, and shares going up. But uh, today back, you know, perhaps back, back in a more familiar situation with, with equities falling. But that is... Uh, those those earnings results that we covered just briefly uh, yes. for people yes. who listened to the, the late edition of the podcast yesterday yes. when we got the uh, yes. Microsoft and Alphabet that. earnings. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got it in. So Microsoft up on expectations, but Alphabet missed the estimate by yes. $1.7 billion. And a lot of that is online advertising. Now, you know, I used to work in the advertising game. I know full well that mm. the moment there's any even slight hint of a recession, yes. everyone stops spending on advertising. It's the first thing to get cut, isn't it? And mm. uh, those two stocks uh, are taking more heat today. So what they reported yeah. after the market had closed. So Alphabet is down, what, 8.5% as I look at the screen mm. right now. Microsoft down 6.7%. So some of that seems to be drifting off, spilling over into the, uh, the NASDAQ uh Today, Phil, which is which is underperforming, whereas the S and P and and Dow Jones are much closer to square as we speak right now. Now, where you are mm. uh, in the UK, mm. uh, that the markets aren't running the government anymore. That must be a relief. No. Uh, so uh, it seems like Rishi Sunak. I mean, he's pushed. If, if Liz Truss had been mm. still the prime minister, and she'd announced that they were pushing back the financial statement that everyone was hanging on for. Uh, if she'd said, oh, we're going to push that back a few weeks, then the markets would have gone crazy, wouldn't they? But yes. Richie Sunak, you know, a man in a nice suit, 
says, no, I'm going to push it back a few weeks so I can do it properly. Yes. You know, it's the sensible thing to do. The markets are much happier about that. Well, it's that. interesting because it, um, there was a report overnight in the Times that they might have been pushing that statement back until uh, later, later in November. And then that story got another run on the BBC. And this morning, guilt yields were actually pushing up a bit you know, in, in mm. early morning trade. And uh, the market just got the heebie-jeebies there for a few for a few minutes, but that was quickly turned around. I think most thinking people uh, would have thought that you know the strategy is set now, and it's a matter of mm. going through it with a fine tooth comb. And the statements from the chancellor, who you know appeared on on the screen, saying that you know we need to make these very careful, difficult decisions. There was a report later of what looking for. $35 billion in extra savings that the Treasury had put up over 100 savings options. So I think that convinced the market that they were right on top of it. They've been talking to the Bank of England about this, this journey. So it's not going to be available by the time of the Bank of England meeting next week. But I think Governor Bailey will understand the direction of travel pretty clearly now and where they're headed with this. But that is that is one of the problems, isn't it? That this will come out after the after the Bank of England. Indeed. So the Bank of England, yeah, we'll have to make assumptions. But are markets taking such a keen interest in the uh, the government finances in, in in the rest of Europe. I mean, you know, if you look at compare Britain to obviously Italy and places in Southern Europe, and look at the uh, you know debt to GDP ratio and uh, you know and 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 the government deficit, you know, they're not doing that badly. It's, Indeed, it's just, but, but I think it tells us as much as the way it wasn't managed very well in the process, yeah. right? And though it didn't come out with the OBR statement is being fully costed, and um, right, but that's all over now. So it is all over. That's, that's all history now, and and not only are, are guilt yields back to where they were, if not below all all of that mm. business uh, started, but uh, the spread to you know guilt yield twenty year guilt yields, for example, are black back below US twenty year uh, Treasury yields mm. now. So mm. as you say. UK debt level is is uh, is certainly south of where it is in the United States right now. Now, given uh, given the fact that everyone in your uh, your place has been yelling pivot pivot pivot, does that apply mm. to the ECB? You know, they've or, or is they are they still going to go for seventy five basis points? Because that is tonight, of course. Well, I think obviously we all understand that um, they are facing into a difficult uh, difficult choices. That is the outlook for the economy. I mean, the economy, we've seen with those PMIs, Phil, how the economy has still softened further uh, mm. this month, but they still have that seemingly intractable inflation issue to deal with. And I think there is a strong enough case, at least, for them to move the dial on monetary policy to to the neutral position rather than highly accommodative. So that, that's certainly accepted by the market, accepted by analysts, and uh, it's been the narrative of the ECB. So I think they're very much on track uh, for a 75 basis point move tomorrow, followed up in, at their December meeting on the 15th by another 50. And that, that will take the deposit rate to two, which is about where neutral is. Next year is, is a more open book. But we wouldn't write off the, uh, the likelihood. We get more, but much more gradual next year, Phil. Um, right. well, I, think, have- I think the big thing there is going to be obviously the energy situation, the war, yeah. and these moves to uh, to uh, reform their regulatory system for determining uh, power power prices.
Yeah, and it's not looking good, is it? That whole situation uh, in Ukraine, you know, when with Russia, when Russia starts saying, you know, the that you know they're going to use it, we're, we're worried that Ukraine is going to use a dirty bomb. When we know that that's Russia says exactly what the other <laughs> side is going to do, and then they do it themselves. I mean, that is just fearful. It's I mean, the, not, the world goes crazy if that happens. It's it's not it's not a, a welcome. They're not welcome words, are they? But um, no. I know we've seen. Um, European and UK gas prices push up a bit today, but they're well down from their highs right now. And yes, we know the Europeans have made a lot of progress, Germans on uh, on gas storage. And of course, the weather yeah. has been helpful so far, Phil. Yes, so far. It's been incredibly mild, hasn't it? So it that's, has. that's, that's certainly helped. Now, look, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Australian story is a bit different, isn't it? After yesterday, those Aussie inflation numbers, 1.8% quarter on quarter. NAB was expecting less than the consensus, actually, at 1.3%. We can't mm. get it right all the time, of course. No, we sometimes. Can't, we can't, not all the time, Phil. We can't I mean, get just, it right. I mean, 95% of the time, we get it spot on. But so sometimes we've got to show, you know, that there are vulnerabilities. But so what? Yeah, I mean that's quite a big one, though, isn't it? But I mean that was everyone was surprised by that, though, weren't they? One point eight percent, indeed. And uh, not only the headline rate, but the uh, the trim mean, trim the mean. underlying rate. Yeah. So um, what the Reserve Bank was forecasting? Yeah, higher than the RBA forecast. Yeah, they were forecasting that underlying rate would only get to what over six by the end of the year, and it's already there in in the September quarter this year. So. Um, yeah. I, I don't. It, it would be a stretch now to say that Australia's uh, inflation story is, is quite different from the rest of the world, wouldn't it? Because which is know, what we've been saying, though, isn't it? Oh, well, we're different, but I mean, clearly not. <laughs> well, I, 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 well, certainly the no, argument is losing think, a bit of credibility, anyway. I think we understand that uh, why Europe and the UK have, have higher headline inflation, which is precisely the gas story. But if you look at the underlying rates, Australia has got six point one percent rate. Compare that with Eurozone 4.8, UK 6.5, and United States 6.6. So there's not too much difference between those rates, is there? Yeah, no, not really. So we had a bit of movement in the bond markets, didn't we? I mean, three years, what got about over 3.6% for a short while, but then they came back down again fairly quickly. It seems like there was a fleeting reaction to this. Well, well, I think they're... um They've just been moving along with what's been happening in the Treasury market in the US, the pivot yeah. story, and I can yeah. imagine that will probably gather a little bit of force today. But I wonder if the, if the Reserve Bank had that information when the uh, you know uh, before the last meeting, whether they would have you know hiked rates by twenty five or fifty. But it does seem likely that they'll follow up with another twenty five. But um, you know, we've added another 50 basis points to the terminal rate. So mm. we were expecting that to be 3.1, now expecting that to be 3.6, Phil. So when they all yelled out, pivot, 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 when they got the Bank of Canada, was that, I mean, were they, was <laughs> yes. it Was it a rowdy affair or was it, I'm just, they weren't, I'm just thinking a bunch of Aussie traders, was it pivot, 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 oi, 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 or were they, uh, they were a little <laughs> bit more re- restrained than that? We describe- well, mo- mostly, most, mostly local, local uh, mm. colleagues. You have got a few Aussies in there. So uh, mm. there was no oi, 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 but, um, you know, I think markets always looking for the canary in the coal mine, and of course, the Bank of Canada was pretty early on in in exactly. hiking and yeah. doing doing it quite aggressively, right? So, um, yeah, is this telling us you know what's coming down the pipeline? It becomes a very big argument, understandable. 
Yeah, very big argument. It does. Look, it does. That's what's happened to them when they were in early, so therefore it's going to follow everybody else. Look, we get to Thursday night is jobless night uh, or jobless claims night in the it United is. States. Uh, we also get the core PCE deflator, so that's pretty important. Durable goods orders, Q3 GDP. That is a lot of numbers coming out of the US today and tonight. It is. I think, you know, the GDP one is the one that the market will probably look at. Um, Mm. That we've had a couple of partial indicators today, just adding a little bit more to the Atlanta Fed's GDP now, and that's saying 3.1, and the consensus uh, was 2.4 fill on GDP. But mm. as you say, durable goods orders, I mean, that's you would think is a good a reflection of business confidence, and it's been mostly growing, hasn't yeah. it? And jobless claims have been, been low, but we're still waiting and we're watching very closely at those. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, well, we'll see if the rest of the world starts to pivot again as well. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Indeed, we'll Phil. Soon, Dave. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Phil. Thanks. I like, I like to see this word pivot getting used more. I think, uh, you know, it's it's too constrained just in the finance sector, just amongst traders. I mean, if the Aussies are losing to the South Africans at the MCG and the Boxing Day Test and the game starts to turn around, does the Aussie crowd then start yelling, pivot, pivot, pivot? I think it could happen, don't you? Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, back again tomorrow. It probably will have pivoted back again by then. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you in the morning.